I will join me in the book of Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. God is not tame, but he is good. God is not tame, but he is good. Last week we started a, a new teaching series looking at this mission of parenting that God has given. And we discovered last week that the target that parents are aiming for when it comes to parenting, the bullseye, is children who follow Jesus and love God with all their hearts. That's, that's the target. That's the bullseye. That's what we're aiming for. And we discovered also last week that, that there's three lenses that help us keep our eye on the target. There's the lens of discipleship, seeing parenting less as getting our kids to follow rules and do's and don'ts. Not that those aren't, aren't important. They are. But it's much, parenting is much bigger than that. It's about discipling our children. Jesus has said, go and make disciples. So there's disciple, the discipleship lens. So as parents, we want to look at parenting through this lens of discipleship. And then there's the lens of mission, that God has called us to be missionaries, to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And one of the arenas that, where that is most realized is, is in this arena of parenting. As we, as we receive this honor and this privilege of communicating the gospel, the goodness of Jesus to our kids over and over again. And then there's the lens of the gospel, which reminds us that the problem right, in parenting is not your child's unruly behavior. The problem is the heart. Their problem is the same problem that you have and that I have. It's our hearts. And the gospel, the lens of the gospel reminds us that you and I can't change the heart, but we know the one who can. And his name is Jesus, which just heightens all the more the need for us as parents to proclaim the gospel and the good news of Jesus to our children. And we also learned that the book of Proverbs is a great place for parents to go when it comes to how do I, what do I teach my children? How do, how do I help my kids love God with all their heart? What, how, how, do I, how do I help them see what that looks like? What do I tell them? What do I instruct them with? And we learned that the book of Proverbs is a great place to go because it is a book of God's wisdom for everyday living. And it is a book written by parents to their sons. The first 30 chapters of Proverbs is a dad writing to his son, and he's giving him wisdom. And then the last chapter of Proverbs is a mom, really, and, and, and her oracle or her wisdom to her son. So Proverbs is a great place to go as parents. And as Kyle hit on it, this isn't just so I don't want you to tune out or check out if you're not a parent, because really all of us are. As followers of Christ, we are in some way. Because if you have someone following you, learning from you, looking at you, what does a disciple of Jesus look like? Paul would say, well, then you're, you're a spiritual parent. You're fathering, you're mothering those who are watching. If you have nieces, nephews, grandkids, kids in your house church that you're part of, that are looking at you to learn how to, what does it look like to follow Jesus, then these truths and principles apply for you as well. So where do we start? Where's a good place to start when it comes to creating this environment for our children to follow Jesus and love God with all their hearts? I think a good place to start is a start where it seems like the father of Proverbs starts, and that is discipling our children to fear the Lord. Discipling our children to fear the Lord. Why? Well, let's look at some passages in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 7, 
the father writes and he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So fearing the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge. All right, if you go to chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, he specifically says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So fearing the Lord helps our, our, our children have a right understanding of who God is. Chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. He writes, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Chapter 9, verse 10. Still speaking to his son, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So we see the fear of the Lord is, is wisdom. It, it gives us knowledge of who God is. It, it, it gives us and equips us and trains us, our, our children to, to recognize evil and run from it. Go to chapter 15, verse 33 of Proverbs. says, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. So there's this theme. If you want your children to be wise and to be able to make wise decisions, there seems to be a link then to discipling them to fear the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 6, he says, By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. If you want your children to be able to recognize wrong and turn from it, he says, they need to be discipled in fearing the Lord. Because he says, by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Chapter 23, verses 17 and 18. He says this, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. So if we want to teach our children to not be envious of others, he says, disciple them to fear the Lord. And then chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. He says, my son, fear the Lord and the king, and do not join with those who do otherwise. For disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. And these aren't, aren't all the verses about fearing the Lord in Proverbs. And so there's this theme, there's this principle, there's this truth that this dad is wanting to instruct his son with. And he says, you need, I want you to fear the Lord. Why? Because it's, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's how you're able to recognize right and wrong and then act on the right. It, it, it enables you to understand who God is and have this knowledge of God. It enables you to turn to recognize evil and turn from it. It keeps you from envy. And moms, isn't that what you want for your kids? Don't you want your kids to be able to be wise and make wise choices and have the right knowledge of God and be able to recognize evil and turn from it and have a secure future and hope? I think so. I think that's what we want. We desire that for our children. And so the Father in Proverbs says, then, then disciple them to fear the Lord. 
But God also instructs parents to do this, to instruct their children to fear the Lord. Go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 11 through 13. So God's people are celebrating this, this feast, this, this holiday feast called the, the Feast of the Booths or Tabernacles. And so this is what the instruction God gives his people here in Deuteronomy 31, verses 11 through 13. He says, When all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, the men, the women, and who else? The children, the little ones. He says, when you get together for worship, when you get together to celebrate, I want moms, dads, I want kids. I want you all there to hear the word of God taught. The children need to be there, he says. They, they need to be hearing the word of God. And, and the sojourner within your towns, he continues, why? That they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. And be careful to do all the words of the law. So God is saying, listen, I want you, when you get together and celebrate me and who I am, when you gather for worship in this festival, I want moms, I want the kids there, I want dads there, I want these people there. Why? So that they can hear the scriptures taught, so that they can learn to fear the Lord. And so it seems like from the father of Proverbs, it seems from God himself instructing his people that if we want to create this environment for our children to learn and to see what it looks like to follow Jesus and love, the, love him with all their hearts, then we need to disciple them to fear the Lord. Do a little survey with you. How many of you regularly brush your teeth? Okay. How many of you regularly brush your teeth? Those of you that raise your hands, so those of you that don't regularly brush your teeth, you're exempt. Okay. We won't ask you to raise your hands. All right, so if you regularly brush your teeth, how many of you had parents that encouraged you or made you brush your teeth when you were little? Okay, so there's a connection, right, between mom and dad or mom or dad instructing you, teaching you the value of brushing your teeth to the point to now where you're at later in life, no one's forcing you to brush your teeth. No one makes you brush your teeth anymore, right? But Somebody taught you the value, created the environment for you to value clean teeth and no cavities, right? That someone taught you that. And maybe when you were little, you didn't understand it, you didn't like it, you pushed against it, but somehow they were persistent and said, no, you're doing this. Even though you may not understand the value of it just yet, you need to understand the value of having clean teeth, so go brush your teeth. And now as we're older, we brush our teeth. Right? Because we have this value that someone created and provided an environment for us to value clean teeth. So now we brush our teeth. And in a similar way, for parents, we need to create this environment helping our kids see the value of what it looks like and what it means to follow Jesus and love God with all their hearts. And to do that involves discipling them to fear the Lord. Now, this isn't a guarantee Right? There's, no one, there's no guarantee that everyone in here brushes their teeth. We don't know that. Right? But yet it, it seems likely, that it, and it's helpful, that if you want to create an environment where your kids 
are more likely to value loving God with all their hearts and follow Jesus, that you create that environment now. And showing them what it looks like to love God. So when they're in, their, in your home, they're looking, what does it look like to love God with all my heart and follow Jesus? They're, they're watching you. They're listening to you. They're hearing you. They're seeing what's important to you. And all those different things. And so our, our goal, the aim is, the target is children who follow Jesus and love God with all their hearts. And it seems as if we want to, we want to create this environment where that, that's helpful for them to step into that. Then it, it seems like we need to disciple them to fear the Lord. So next question, what's it mean to fear the Lord? What's it mean to fear the Lord? Well, Proverbs 8.13 the, the father gives a pretty good definition uh, of what it means to, to fear the Lord. And, and he talks about really fearing the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 8.13. He gets real specific. So Proverbs 8.13, he says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. And, and in some ways he's saying it's to line your, your heart or your child's heart with God's heart. To where they're able to recognize what God hates and what God loves. But I think a wonderful passage of Scripture that helps us helps describe or define, if you will, what fearing the Lord is or what it looks like is, is actually in the New Testament, and, that, and that's the book of Hebrews chapter 12. So if you'd go there with me, if you have a Bible, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 through 29. And the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, Therefore, let us be grateful... For receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence, holy fear, and awe or wonder. Why? Verse 29 gives us the why. Because our God is a consuming fire. He's saying, fearing the Lord comes from having a right understanding of who the Lord is. When we understand who God is, then the response is reverence, respect, and awe, and wonder. And I really think that, that's, a, that's what it looks like to fear the Lord, is to, is to have reverence, and awe, and wonder because of who He is. And He says our God is a consuming fire. It's kind of like fire itself. Fire is good. Right? Fire is good. Fire brings light. It gives heat. But fire can also be dangerous. If you don't understand fire and how it can be good, you don't then it can be dangerous. That's why we talk is don't play with matches. When they're little, that's why we say don't play with the fire. Right? Because it can be dangerous, but it's also good. But in order to understand it, you need, and to respond rightly to it, you need to understand it. And what it seems to me is when we have a right understanding of who God is, then the response is reverence and awe and wonder and respect. It's this holy fear. It's not, he is not someone that we play around with. But he's, we're to be in awe of him. I remember when, when Luke was little, and we were at my parents' house, I think in Michigan. I can't remember exactly where it was. And my parents had a treadmill down in one of their rooms in the basement. And 
the treadmill was kind of perpendicular to one of the walls in the room, which kids aren't around, no big deal. Right? If you know how to, if you understand what a treadmill is and how to operate, operate it and, and use it wisely, that's not a big deal, unless you're a curious child. So curious Luke, after countless times of telling our kids, don't get on the treadmill, don't get on the treadmill, just it's for, your, it's for your good that you not get on there. Well, Curious Luke decided to get on the treadmill. So he got on the treadmill, and he started pushing the buttons, and it got to a point, or someone else started pushing the buttons. I don't know exactly how that happened, <laughs> but they can figure that out later. So it started to go at a pace that was much faster than Luke's little legs could go. To the point to where he's stuck now up against the wall. And this thing is going fast. I mean, so he's getting burns, right? Those kinds of things. Yeah. And I don't even know how he got off the treadmill, right? But it was a lesson learned, right? And in a similar way, fearing the Lord we, comes from having a right understanding of who God is, right? He is good, but he is not tame. He's good, right? He, but the presence of God can also be dangerous for those who don't know him. And he is worthy of respect and awe. Just imagine the scene of heaven right now. Imagine what's happening in heaven. That's a scene of reverence. It's a scene of respect. It's a scene of singing and praise and worship because of who God is. And so when it comes to discipling our children to fear the Lord... We need to help them have a right understanding of who God is, which also means we need then to tell them about Jesus. Because Jesus is God. He is the image of God. He is God in human skin. So if you want to teach and disciple your children to fear the Lord, teach them about Jesus. Show them Jesus. Show them how he heals, how he forgives, how he loves, how he, he comes alongside the stranger. But also show him that he does not ignore sin. He does not shrug it off. He does not laugh at it when his people run away from him after he's called them to him. Show them that Jesus gets upset at sin and how he turns over the money tables in the temple because of sin. And show them that Jesus doesn't ignore sin so much so that he went to the cross and died there so that the sins of your child and the sins of you, mom and dad, and the sins of me could be forgiven. Teach them Jesus. Teach them Jesus because Jesus is God. And if we want to have a right understanding of who he is, we need to teach them the gospel and teach them about him. So again, parenting, right? The goal of parenting is for kids to follow Jesus and love God with all their hearts. That's the target. That's the bullseye. And if we want to help create an environment for our children to see what that looks like, then we need to disciple them to fear the Lord. So, so how do you do that? So how do you disciple your children to fear the Lord? 
What I want us to do in the next couple minutes is I want you with the people next to you to discuss that question. How do you disciple children to fear the Lord? How do we disciple our children to fear the Lord? All these came out in what you were saying. Deuteronomy 6.20, we, we see this passage of Scripture in where God instructs his people that when your children come to you and they ask you questions, why, why are we doing this? Talk about who God is. One of the ways you can simply just disciple your children when, when, when they're little and they don't even understand what you're saying, it's for you, mom and dad, to get in the habit and the practice of you remembering who God is and talking about who God is with your kids. You celebrate who he is. You know, and when they're older and able to understand, talk about the characteristics of God. You know, at dinner or whatever it is, you're going to school, ask the question. Um, if you're taking the school or taking a practice or whatever it might be, you say, oh, how, how did you see God this week? How did you see God in your life this week? How do you see his love? How do you see his patience? Talk about the characteristics of God. Do you, mom and dad, talk about God in a reverent way? Do you have an awe? Have you lost your awe and reverence for God? I like what Redden was saying. It starts with us and our own relationship with the Lord. And maybe some of our kids don't have an awe of God and reverence for him because of us, because we've lost that awe and that reverence. Celebrate with them what God does. Um, we've not done this perfectly by any stretch, but there have been moments when God has met a need in our family, and we've just told our guys, you're not going to believe this, but we don't know how we're going to pay this bill, and God provided this check and all this. I mean, bring your kids into those stories and celebrate with them what God does and ask them, hey, how, what, what did God do for you this week? Ask them to share. Get them in the habit and the practice of seeing who God is and then God as personal and real in their own life. And with those you're discipling, even like if you don't have kids, ask those you're discipling, how did you see God this week? What, what have you seen, seen him been doing and saying to you in, in your, in your um, walk with him this week? So celebrate with them what God does. The third thing would be deal with their sin. When your child disobeys, disrespects, disregards curfew, when they lie, hit, or run from you, after you've told her to come to you, don't laugh at it. Deal with it. Quickly, firmly, and biblically. Like, like Jesse was saying, it, this, this is hard work. The easy thing to do in discipline is to just whatever. Right? Because you're tired, you're worn out, patience is gone. But the right thing to do for the good of your child is to discipline and deal with their sin. Because it's, as it's been said, when you deal with their sin, you show them that God is holy and that God doesn't shrug off sin. He doesn't ignore it. He went to the cross so that your child and you could be forgiven of it. And so deal with their sin. Deal with the disobedience. Tell them why what they did is wrong and how it goes against not just mom and dad, but how it goes against God's best for them. And how a heart that runs from mommy is in danger of a heart that's running from God. And that is not good. That's not in your best interest. And so we need to deal with the sin because when we do that, it allows us to say, do you know why you did those things? Because of, the Bible says, God says we have a thing called sin in our hearts. 
And sin is what causes us to do these things against mommy and daddy, to hit and to steal and to lie. And that's why. But here's some good news. That's why Jesus came. That's why we need Jesus. That's why Jesus went to the cross. So when, if you don't ever deal with sin or discipline, you never have an opportunity to tell your kids why they need Jesus. And so deal with their sin and deal with it quickly. Tell them that while God, or that, that God demonstrated his love for them, that while they were sinning, Christ died for them. Romans 5.8. Fourth, and this was said already, engage them with God's word and expect obedience. Engage them with God's word. There's a connection between hearing God's word, God telling his people, I want you to hear the word and I want you to obey it. And as their children are learning this and as people are learning, they're learning to fear the Lord. There's a connection between God's word, obedience, and fearing the Lord. So engage your kids with the word. When they're little, just read the Bible to them. The Jesus Storybook Bible is a great Bible for little kids that can't read yet. And as they get older, maybe give them a study Bible and, and help them understand how to use that and read that. Or, and, and just ask them. Sometimes on the way to school, when we're going into school, I'll just ask the kids, so what's God been saying to you as you've been reading the Word? I'm just assuming that they are. All right. But maybe they're not. But then I'm going to ask the question because it's an expectation. We don't do that all the time, but sometimes I'll ask that. Why? Because it's important for them to engage with God in his word and expect obedience. And the fifth thing, and this was already said too, is prioritize worship. Prioritize, prioritize private worship. Are you spending time, mom and dad, with the Lord personally? Are you? Do they see the value that God is, has, that you have of God in your life? Do, you, do they see reading the word is important to you and spending time with him? Do they see you praying to see you spending time alone. Listen, your kids are learning if Jesus is worth loving and following by watching if he's worth it to you. If he's not worth it to you, then why would we expect it to be worth it to him, he to be worth it to them? So it starts with us. Prioritize private worship. Prioritize family worship. And that's looked differently for us. It could just be one night a week, five to ten minutes, a little storybook or whatever, book, um, story from the Bible and a song and prayer, and then you're out, <laughs> right? I mean, but it's the pattern. It's the practice of it. But as our kids have gotten older, you know, one of the things that we do now, we try every night just have a little devotion together, whoever's home. We'll pull, pull out the Daily Bread app on my phone. I read the, the, the scripture, read the little blurb about it, ask the questions, and we pray. It's maybe ten minutes or so. But then on Wednesday nights, we get together because that's the night we're all home still. Even with the boys older, we still get together on Wednesday nights. We go, right now we're going through the book of Romans together. We'll read the chapter, talk about observation, just stuff like that, and spend time in prayer. And that's more extended. It doesn't have to look like that at all. But the importance of prioritizing family worship. And dads, let me encourage you to be the leader in that. If there's a dad in the home, you be the leader in that. Let me give a shout out to single moms. This is hard work. And we as men in the church need to help come alongside. And ladies in the church need to come alongside our single moms and help them and encourage them in this mission of parenting. And so there's prioritizing personal worship or private worship, family worship, and then corporate worship. Right? Corporate worship. Do you prioritize being with the church? Do your kids see you serving the church or are you just coming? Consuming. Do they see you serving in your house church? Or do they see you just consuming? Do you serve? Do you serve together? You know, and I, well, they don't like it. Or it's boring. Do you make them go to school? They don't like school. 
It's boring. Why do you make them go to school? To have a value, see the value of an education, right? Church is boring. I don't have any friends there. Whatever, I don't like it. Whatever. It's about creating that atmosphere and that environment, right? That's what you're going for. And so, you know, they don't like brushing their teeth, taking a bath or whatever, but you make them do it. It's about the goal. And so if we don't make those things optional, why in the world do we see being with the church optional? When we're talking about their soul, right? When we're talking about their heart. And listen, church isn't about them. It's not for them. It's not about you. It's not, about for, it's not even for you. It's for the Lord. And teach your children that. Teach your kids that, hey, we get to go be with the church today. And listen, it's not about who notices me. It's about who needs me today. It's not if I get noticed. It's about who needs me. Because I'm part of this body. And the church needs me to serve and needs me to encourage. And so help your kids understand that they're valuable to the church. And that God's given them gifts and abilities to serve and to be used to help grow the body. So, so train and teach and disciple your children. And listen, one of the best ways for our kids to see the value of loving God that's the goal, is to put them with and next to people who love God with all their hearts. So you need to be involved with the house church. You need to be gathering on the worship nights and gathering on the Sunday gatherings. Because the goal, listen, the goal is this, right? We, we want to create that environment and atmosphere where kids can see and learn and discover that loving God with all their hearts is great and is best for them. And it starts with discipling them to fear the Lord. So here's the challenge for us this week. Here's the challenge. To discuss and answer the question, how can I or will we more effectively disciple our children to fear the Lord? Or if there's someone, you don't have kids, but there's someone in your life that you're discipling, how can I more effectively disciple them to fear the Lord? And Answer that question. Answer that question. As, as the band comes, and as they come to play, as I was thinking about this this morning, I was very convicted in my own heart. And I feel like maybe some of us parents, we need to get on our knees this morning and we need to say we're sorry to the Lord. Because maybe some of us have lost our reverence and our awe of God. And maybe for others of us, you need to just get on your knees or you need to gather some people together and pray for your kids this morning. And what's the Spirit saying to you this morning about this mission of parenting and discipling your children to fear the Lord? And I don't know about you, but if I was sitting where you're sitting, I'd be like, good grief, man. This is hard. You kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. It's hard. You feel overwhelmed, right? You feel like a failure at times. You feel that a lot as a parent. And as I was thinking through this this, this week, the passage that came to mind is this. And I, if you're here this morning, mom, dad, this is Jesus saying these words to you. So could you do this? Could you just close your eyes? Everybody, just close your eyes and just imagine and picture Jesus saying these words to you this morning. As we continue in this journey, this mission of parenting, he says, hey, listen, my grace is sufficient for you.
my grace is enough for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. I'm good. You lean on me. You rest in me. I'll be the anchor for you. You don't have to be the anchor. That's my role. Let me be the anchor. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. My power, my goodness is made perfect in weakness.